either way, her American accent is great. (laughs) (laughs) Just less impressive if she's actually from America. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, a podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And this week we watched Mank and Red Stillwater. Yes, well right. last week, but yeah. Yeah. And we started watching Christmas movies and, and whatnot. So I love Christmas movies. <laughs> I, I had no idea. So does Jake. Jake is all about the Christmas movies. I know. Well, there's just... I mean, there's something like just inherently heartwarming, even like, like Die Hard. How, there's just like a little something extra because it's Christmas, even though I know there's a yeah, debate is not on exactly. whether. There's no debate. <laughs> there's it takes a debate. place at Christmas. I know. I know it was released in July. Yeah, who it's does ridiculous. that? It's so weird. Do you think people went to the movies in, when that came out and said, why is this taking place at a Christmas party? Maybe, but... Also, probably didn't care. So yeah, yeah, they were dumb. Back manufactured then. debate. <laughs> what are your top three favorite? Oh, we're gonna get right into that Christmas movie. So we already tried recording once and uh, it didn't work out. But this came up and I crumbled like a cookie under that pressure because I wasn't prepared. <laughs> oh, did you re-prepare? I or mean, a did little you bit. actually? I listed up the top three because I knew it was coming. You know. Oh. Anyway, Home Alone is on my list, which we've already watched this year. Right. Uh, I had to put it on because, one, I do love it. And two, it's one of those movies that I just watched 75, 80, 100 times when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, me Um, too. Didn't have to be Christmas. Not when when I was (laughs) 10 or whatever. But yeah, it's on there. And do you want to go back and forth? I mean, the next one I have is pretty obvious. It's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. no, Which is our Christmas Day movie. Every in the year. McCracken house. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I guess the only other option for a Christmas Day movie for other people that's acceptable is a Christmas story. But like, if you're not watching Christmas Vacation, we can't be friends with you. Like, I don't, you know. <laughs> I, do, I do like Christmas Story, but it's actually been like a few years since we even watched it. Right? I can go um, without watching it is what I'm saying. Jake's already so, watched it like three times Yeah, but, this season, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I can go without watching it too because it's one that I grew up not watching i had never seen it until we were adults because yeah. i didn't have cable so like people would talk about it make references and i'd be like ah, what <laughs> it's so funny you guys am i right <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of i feel like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about i don't know what's you go ahead and finish your list you've already so so my third one i had multiple options um and i ended up just picking the one that is really like the Christmas movie I like. I, I had other things on here like Die Hard, which I do enjoy watching every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Just Friends, which is also a classic for us in this house as yeah. far as um, rewatchability at the holiday times. And then after our discussion, this isn't so much a Christmas movie for us, but we're definitely going to watch it this year. But we had a discussion about a, a tweet that I saw about, was it Christmas erotic thrillers or something <laughs> like that? 
<laughs> Batman Returns was the only one they could come up with for the list. Yeah, because they don't, like, that doesn't go together. <laughs> so. It's a great call, though. Yeah. And, and Batman <laughs> Returns is, is a really good um, Christmas time movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, uh, that's not my third movie, but <laughs> the third one really has to be Elf, which I can't imagine going through a Christmas season without watching that one. Yeah. So Elf is, is on my list as well, but um, Love Actually. Which we just watched last we night. We watched it last night. I look, I kind of like, that one I like save a little bit because I just love it so much that like I have to be like really where I'm sitting down and watching it. And I, I don't know why. It's not the first one that we put on for the season. The movie that is the first m- movie that I really want to see every Christmas season is The Santa Claus, which I think was one of the first ones that we did actually put on. It was, let's let's watch Christmas movies I'm putting on the Santa Claus. I remember going to see that in the theater on Martha's Vineyard on my 13th birthday. Uh, it was like, I just remember walking at, it was me and a, a friend, you you didn't know him yet, but a friend of ours. Um, and we just, I remember walking back to his house with him after, and we were just like laughing about all like how funny and we thought that movie was and I just love like I still find it so cute and funny and it's like my way to kick off the Christmas season yeah Yeah. and there are other movies that we like watching at Christmas time that just coincide with family vacations that we've taken that yeah they were released at Christmas time like Tintin and Night at the Museum movies but right because our our family thing to do on Christmas is we open presents and then we go to the movies and right. and then we eat Chinese food for dinner. Like I don't want to cook on, on Christmas. I just want to enjoy the day with, especially when the kids were little and they were just like playing with stuff and like excited about their stockings and, you know, so not every movie that we go to see on Christmas is a Christmas movie, but right. those movies still mean Christmas to us. Yeah. 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 And there have been a couple of new ones this year that we watched that um, were, were pretty good. I don't think they're like, instant classics although i guess some people have a have a different read on on like happiest season it's doing very well on hulu it's one of those movies that would have been released in a theater and because of you know the pandemic that's not the road that it ultimately took kind of like uh what was the other one palm springs that hulu bought up from from some movie festival but uh, i i mean i i enjoyed it i just you know Kristen stewart and Mackenzie davis uh aubrey plaza very good i in, love in Ar- the movie. aubrey plaza so uh, much <laughs> and people seem to like really like the movie yeah um i thought i said i said this while we were watching i was like wow kristen stewart's really mailing this one in yeah she but was, i feel like that's just kind of like her style also i mean i i a little bit i've had yeah. a little time to like think about that take and i'm like yeah but that's kind of just she's just very understated in a lot of everything she does <laughs> so it's funny that it's funny that you call it a take because I guess it is, but I feel like we don't do takes a lot, um, which is something that a lot of other podcasts have like just take piled on take. <laughs> but I guess it define. I guess I guess it depends how you define take take. Right? It's a, it's a hard word to say over and over again. <laughs> the other the other one we recently watched was Godmothered. I um, loved it. It was so cute. Disney I, Plus, right? Yes, and I have. Um, I don't remember why or what movie there was some movie when isla fisher was like pretty new that i i really liked her in and just 
I just love her in stuff. And she's not in like a whole lot of things. No, but I think the first movie I saw her in was Wedding Crashers, right? That might have been the... No, I feel Is like... she they, in that? Yes. Maybe I'm... Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was nuts in that. I feel like there yeah. was... Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I feel like there was one, like a movie before that that she was in. I'd have to check her IMDb or whatever. and Because um, <laughs> I don't remember anything ever. I don't know. I, I just get excited when she's in a movie. I like how... I like her voice i like you know like how she talks i like her she's not american no i don't think so i maybe she is i could have sworn she wasn't but like she (laughs) her if either way her american accent is great (laughs) just less impressive if she's actually from america um yeah i thought she's from the uk but i could be totally wrong i just think she's like adorable (laughs) Yeah. And, the movie and was hilarious. Fun. The movie it was, was fun. It was very light. Uh, it's filmed in New England. It was filmed in Marblehead. Basically, a lot any of way it. to so get us to like something. There were like a lot of streets where I was like, "That looks like Marblehead," and you were like, "No, it's too steep." And I was like, "No," but I think a lot more of it was in Marblehead than we think. Rather yeah. than obviously, there's like Haley's. Um, which is like the quintessential Marblehead shop. Like their their storefront is, if you're filming in Marblehead, they always put that that storefront in there because it looks like an old New England town shop. Um, and so that's like the defining. I was like, yes, I knew it. And they also said Marblehead in this like sledding scene where I'm like, there's nowhere. I guess like Getchell's Pit maybe, but I don't know. No, there's a big that hill street. was too big. What, Getchell's Hill? No, no. <laughs> the hill in the movie. Getchell's Hill is huge. Yeah, I don't know about all that. You don't remember? But the thing <laughs> is, they would have had to like superimpose something in the background because the the giant hill at Getchell's Pit, there's like that street there that leads out to Salem. I yeah. can't remember street names. So I think you're misremembering how big that hill is. <laughs> well, I was really young when <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Seemed huge to me. Anyway, we're well on our way to enjoying uh, the Christmas season. Our tree is up. You ordered some smart plug thing that lets us turn on our... Yes. So here's the... Anytime <laughs> there'll be like some sort of special that pops up. And so I think it was even... It was over a year ago that this special popped up for like a smart light bulb in the smart plug. And that's just been sitting in our room because I'm like, I don't know. I hadn't really had anything to use it, but the deal was so great. And then another one popped up. And so we ordered it. And I was like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to put the Christmas lights on them and you had a brilliant idea that sounds right (laughs) (laughs) so you can use the echo to turn on and off the lights but you can like set it how you want no i just wanted to change the command to be something fun first of all it's much more fun to tell the lights to turn on than it is to climb under the tree and plug it in every day right but i just thought it'd be even more fun if we could say like execute christmas protocol or something like that right. and to turn it off he said uh terminate christmas protocol and Tegan heard it for the first time as she was drinking water and which, <laughs> she spit out her water she's <laughs> laughing so hard which i mean so i think it's funny. cute and fun i didn't know it was that funny yeah um which it's not <laughs> i'm glad that she thought it was though yeah super cute oh goodness um speaking of christmas spirit I drop Jake off in the morning to school, right? And we there's ob- there's a protocol, <laughs> for lack of a better word, um, for dropping him off. You, he gets mask on while in the car, roll the window down, they take his temperature. 
Um, depending on how the line is, they'll take his temperature and then we'll pull up a little bit and then he gets out of the car. Well, um, there's also this little chalkboard that they put out if there are any like upcoming announcements. And I saw this and chalkboard was like filled with stuff for next week for spirit week. And I was like, I'm going to be good because normally I get the notice on like his paperwork on Monday that comes home. Like, don't forget tomorrow's crazy hat day. And I'm like, crap, I'm a shitty mom because I didn't pay attention to all of the notes for this. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get a picture of it. But then there's like people pulling it behind me. So I'm trying to like get a close enough to take a picture and I've got the window down and I'm taking a picture. And the lady was like, oh, I can take a picture for you. And I'm like, no, I think I got it. And I got it. And then I start to drive away and she goes, um, are you going to drop Jake off for school today? <laughs> no, no. Just wanted the picture of the chalkboard. <laughs> Man, he almost got out of it. <laughs> How long would I have like driven <laughs> before realizing? Halfway home. It's a twenty minute drive. Well, I wouldn't I wasn't going home. I was going to work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so pretty soon after, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So um I mean, I don't know, because he's pretty quiet. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's just, he's gonna, he's gonna let it and happen. I was like, oh my gosh. I said, Don't tell anybody I did that. <laughs> she goes, It happens more often than you think. <laughs> So at least I don't feel that bad, but I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he has, you know, now I have the picture with all of the spirit week for Christmas, ugly sweater. The email and crazy that I just hats. got, you mean? Yes. I know. As <laughs> she goes, it's posted on the Facebook page if you're on there. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, well, Jake didn't seem to mind. <laughs> All's well then as well. <laughs> so you want to talk about Stillwater first? Yeah, sure. We read the first issue of the new Chip Zdarsky book printed by Image, the Skybound label, which is Robert Kirkman's label under Image. Yes, it sounds like it because I read some of the the Q&A in the back. Did you read the Q&A in the back? A little bit. I usually don't, yeah. but I did like just kind of skim it and like some, which is because Chip Zdarsky's hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, he was like, I'd like to continue writing this book and Robert Kirkman can continue to pay me money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And he's really made like a turn in the comic book industry from artist to just writes all kinds of things. The new, his new daredevil run is about 25 issues in and it's really good. Well, it was really good. I read like the first arc and I think we'll do maybe collected editions from, from now on, but the art is by Ramon K Perez, who we're not super familiar with. Um, right. He was on the Hawkeye run after Matt Fraction. Yeah. Jeff Lemire as the writer. And we, we stayed on that book for a little while, but not too long. I know. It's kind of, it's, even though I think that book was probably good, it's hard to, this is kind of a tangent, but when you have such a magical combination of writer and artist for something that you just love so much, when that changes up, it's, it's kind of hard to like have that same feeling, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, because the characters just aren't the same, no, no matter how much people try to stay in a, a particular lane that's been set. It's right. just not the same. It's not because it, it is someone else's voice. And, and it we is like someone Jeff else's. Lemire. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's but, just I don't know. What did you think about this book, though? I, mean, I it's, liked it. Yeah. Um, I like that I can't really see where it's going to go. There's an interesting setup. And there was some surprising turns already, like things where you're like whoa didn't really expect that to happen 
I think it'll be interesting just to to at least read the first arc and and see how much we want to invest in the story. But right yeah. now, I I'm into it. And I think issues issue two is definitely out. Maybe issue three. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, I should have picked them up this week, and I didn't. So odds are we'll be back at the store though. So yeah. <laughs> But I did like the structure of the first issue. You get a lot of information kind of setting up the characters and it really moves quickly through getting them to Stillwater and setting up the mystery of the town and really some interesting characters already. The sheriff has quite the introduction, I think, where he's set up as sort of this backwater sheriff who's really protective of the town and kind of an asshole. And then he's like, oh, I'm just joking. But then like yeah. when things really start to go sideways. He's like, no, I actually, I actually am an asshole. Yeah. Uh, there are just so many questions that I want to have answered. So I think that that that's what makes a good setup, right? Yeah. Is the town like stuck in one place and that's why nobody dies. Is it because like, do the kids, are they kids Spoiler, forever? Yeah. Are they, well, <laughs> come on. I mean, I think that if you look at anything about the story, like it's going to give you like, Hey, this is a synopsis of, of what's going on, but um, it's a cool concept. Yeah. And you know, uh, now our main character is alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was well, quite surprised with that turn at the momentarily. end. Momentarily. Apparently there's someone there who knows him real well. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, his, his friends seem like a real good guy. So that was too bad. Yeah. But uh, ride or die. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Yep. Um, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're so cool. Um, anyway, I like it. We'll keep reading. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to talk about Mank? Which I is, do. Um, the movie that we also watched last weekend. Yes. So on Netflix, I, <laughs> I really liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. Yeah. A lot of times I watch these things and I, I, I think I don't really know myself very well. <laughs> for, like, I always think I'm not going to like, like, I never want to actually go see the war movie. And then we walk out of it and I'm like, that was yeah, so you amazing. You do love a war movie and yeah. you never want to watch one. <laughs> I, exactly. And then like something like this where I'm like, oh, there's like going to be no action and a lot of dialogue and like intricate, complicated storytelling and drama and stuff and it's a period piece and and then like i loved it yeah i loved it and i didn't find it hard to follow which i guess some people have thought maybe it could potentially be based on how it's not a linear timeline there's flashbacks but they make it very easy to follow because it literally is typed out onto the screen date time of day right flashback right (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. It's uh, David Fincher's new movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say it's quite different from most of the other stuff that we've seen from him. Yeah. Um, just as far as, obviously, it's intentionally uh, visually different, um, black and white. He really went through the paces to kind of make it seem like an old time movie where they have the cigarette burn for when the reel runs out and the fade to black uh, transitions, which I just, I don't know, I really liked everything about that i guess some people found it kind of overwrought maybe i don't know yeah uh i just i thought it was all uh, really good and i sent you that article you didn't have a chance to read from the, right um film critic hulk guy <laughs> i'm never sure it, like the order of his 
you know, title there. It's never uh, Critic exactly. Film Hulk. Right. That's what it is. Uh, but I mean, he goes into a lot of, um, you know, light and dark and how he plays with all that kind of stuff in the, in the movie. And it's, it's just really well, I think really well done, really well shot. And, uh, the script I think is what really makes it different from a lot of the stuff that, well, I guess that's not true because, you know, he's worked with people like Aaron Sorkin and the social network and really has had success with that kind of witty, rapid sort of jokey, kind quippy, of, yeah, quippy. Very, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> And, you know, on top of all that, I think just the way the movie got made is really interesting. He's been trying to get it made for 20 years. It's based on a script that his father wrote, um, who who has since passed. And the script was updated, I think, by David Fincher and somebody else to kind of, because when it was originally written, and I I don't know how much we wanted to get into this, I find it kind of fascinating uh, that I just didn't know all of this um, history. I guess we should say that it's about uh, one of the guys who shares the writing credit for Citizen Kane. It's about the man who wrote Citizen Kane screenplay. Yeah. So I know he shares the writing credit, but you know, Orson Welles didn't actually write this movie. Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing is um, I think the script originally when, when he wrote it was heavily based on this, you know, long form essay from Pauline Kael, which has since been pretty well debunked as far as like, she was like this Mankiewicz guy wrote this movie. Uh, Orson Welles doesn't deserve all the credit that he gets for it. It's not like, that's not how those things work. Right. right. So he even says in this movie, like I gave him uh, airtight narrative, what he does with that and how he changes it is up to him. And that's what right. I think ultimately and happens. And that's how movies are made. Yeah. Right. So I, it's not that Orson Welles doesn't deserve credit for this movie, obviously, you know, so, I mean, I haven't written, writ, written, yes, no, I have not written an article that was written by Pauline <laughs> Gale. <laughs> um, I did not read that, you know, essay, but. I think, I think the thing yeah. is it was just too far in, in the direction of like, Mank deserves all this credit. Right. Uh, and Orson Welles doesn't. And I think they've kind of, I think what maybe the rewrite did was balance that out. But I guess to that end also. You know, we did rewatch Citizen Kane before we watched Mank, mm-hmm. uh, which I've only seen it the one time before that. Really? And, I think yeah. you you did say that the other day when we were watching it. So I've seen it a few times. Yeah. The more times I see it, the more I like it. The first time I watched that movie, I was like, this is boring as fuck. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know if I ever felt like that, but I definitely enjoyed it more this the second time around. And it's also been years since we watched yeah, it. Yeah, I think... The first time I had watched it was when you were taking like a film class or something, right? Maybe. Yeah. I just. You had to watch some weird movies. I did have to watch some weird movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't one of them, but. Right. Uh, Angel Heart was definitely strange. Yeah. Um, I think about that movie. <laughs> sometimes. Much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it pops into my head occasionally. So it clearly has stuck with me. Yeah. But, but I think. Whatever. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that the movie Citizen Kane doesn't really matter all that much to us, um, even though it's so important for the right. cinema that we now enjoy. Yeah. And I don't really understand all the themes and creativity and blah, blah, blah. About um, it well, <laughs> I watched it again in a film class I took, and my film class was actually in, in person. You did it online. So there's not the same kind of like discussion that happens um, in an online forum. versus. So, you know, a lot of... <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> 
And there's just a lot about the shots that were made and the way that it was filmed and the different, the way that the narrative was put together and, and things like that, that were, it just wasn't done then. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that those things are those kind of invisible things, mostly invisible to people who aren't um, looking for them or know about them, whatever. It's just not what's important to me when I watch a movie. Like I was listening to a top five 2020 movies on uh, some podcasts and a lot of people had vast of night on there, which I think we liked. Okay. But like I, I would, it, it wouldn't touch my top five movies of even a slow year, like 2020. I don't even remember watching that movie. <laughs> so what was it? Go. Who was in that? What was that about? I mean, it was the low budget kind of um, desert town where they pick up a signal for aliens. And, oh, Oh, I did like that. Yeah. I mean, it was good, but you know, it's, obviously not what we're talking about so right i was just saying like people appreciate that movie on a different level i'm not saying like a higher level just a different um, right they have a different um approach yeah. and appreciation for it i totally see that so would you did you think the rewatch of citizen kane was important to the viewing of mank i would say a, I would an initial say watch would definitely be important yes i think you need to i mean that, that's hard it's, that's hard because i can't have watched Mank without having seen Citizen Kane, you know, or without having, I mean, we watched Mank first and then we watched Citizen Kane. No, we did it. Yeah. Okay. So gosh, my memory is really terrible. now. So I can't go back and do it the other way. Do I, I do think that it helped me because there are people who watch Citizen Kane every year. We're not those people. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I think it was important for us to really appreciate Mank. Do I think stand alone as just a story in itself? Is it still a good movie? Yeah. Yeah. I I do feel that way. I do think a more intimate knowledge of 1930s Hollywood would also help. I think I have enough to at least, you know, enjoy uh, all the, not all, some of the little things that are peppered throughout the movie, but there's definitely, they just kind of breeze through uh, this long list of characters that you would definitely recognize their name. If even if they only have two lines in, in this movie, you would recognize them as a big deal in, in that time period, uh, which I just, I thought the movie just did such a good job of moving through uh, Mank's life, the parts of his life that they were you know concentrating on. And I mean, the script was just so tight and so good and so funny. Yeah. Um, there's so much to explore on a rewatch too. You know, like I, I could watch this again. Yeah. It's so I good. Think we should. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does start a little slow. I um, didn't think that either. I didn't, didn't think- know. And I know that that's, you know, usually David Fincher is known for, you know, like kind of grabbing you right away and it being, and this one went slower. Right. But I didn't, I felt right away just that hustle and bustle of the setup of this space and, and everything. I was drawn in immediately. Maybe, I mean, that's just me as a viewer and I know other people didn't feel that way. Yeah. I was definitely uh, ready to watch the movie, even though it was kind of slow going. I just, I even found the script that I like so much kind of slow to get started. It's, it felt like it was trying hard to find its footing in the beginning to me. Um, That's interesting. Sure Cause I didn't, <laughs> I didn't find that. Um, and I, I've heard that also, you know, that it was, but I, I right away was, invested and you know just interested in these people and like how they're connected and and what was what was happening it was going to happen so yeah whether the movie started slow for you or not it definitely didn't stay that way 
it really gets into so many different aspects of life back then, but also ties it into the world today, I think pretty well, which is depressing in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it talk, you know, gets into a lot of the political world, uh, of the powerful and, you know, Mm -hmm. how they see things and how they talk about things. And, um, because they do spend a lot of time with William Randolph Hearst, Played, played by Charles Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess not a lot of time with him, but when he is there, it's, you know, it's very imposing. And obviously he's a big character, even if he's not on the screen, because it's kind of driving the whole story and right. the, um, creation of the script for the movie. But Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried as Marion Davies was really good. She was brilliant. The scene uh, with her and Mank walking through, um, what's the place called? Xanadu. Uh, <laughs> That's well, from Xanadu Citizen and Kane. Kane, but the um, San Simeon. Yeah, that was I. That was one of my favorite parts of the the whole movie. Just the way it was shot, plus their back and forth, and I don't know. I just really enjoyed basically everything about the movie. Also, Gary Oldman's in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's Mac. You know what's something? <laughs> uh, something we don't do, which we could probably do more of, is watch scenes that we really like over again. Like why we. We're definitely, I think, completists and we don't need to be. No. So there's no reason to not go back and watch that scene again that we really enjoy and just like get the enjoyment out of that. And, uh, and I think that that's something we should do with more movies, you know, yeah. like just. I think uh, we should rewatch this on Christmas break too because Courtney will like it and oh, he yeah. wasn't here to, to see it. So we'll definitely be rewatching it pretty soon, probably. But <laughs> definitely, probably. <laughs> Well, you story know, of our I, life. I can't commit to anything <laughs> at this point. <laughs> did you have anything else on Mank? No, I, I, I super loved it though. Uh, we did want to hit just briefly on Mandalorian again. Uh, you, you especially after uh, the episode with Boba Fett, which there was a new one on Friday, but the one from the week prior where Boba Fett really plays like a, a big role. Uh, oh, I guess the, the episode was called the tragedy, but um, when it was over, <laughs> you were like, we have to talk about this. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not uh, sure exactly why you were so adamant about it. I don't I remember like, either. Oh, good. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I really liked that episode. It was so weird. Uh, we should have gone back and watched it again. It's, uh, I mean, I, I want to go back and watch the Ahsoka episode, this yeah. episode, and we can rewatch the one that just played too. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just the, like we saw a tweet afterwards that said like thick Boba's the best Boba. <laughs> yeah. He's like trying to fit his armor it's back so funny on. When he puts his armor back on, I'm like, that is not the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was so cool because it was like 40 years of this assumed badassery from Boba Fett, just as a character that people right. liked based on what he looked like from the movies. He wasn't, he didn't really do much of anything except get swallowed by the Sarlacc pit. So, <laughs> we saw literally nothing up until this episode where he is a monster. <laughs> he <laughs> just destroys these guys. Yeah. with his, uh, It was great. His club or whatever. But you know, it's him and Fennec Shan who's, uh, I like her who's played by Ming-Na Wen. And you know, she, she comes back for, a uh, an extended run on this show, which I don't know. It's just the whole show is really just set up in a way that, is so much fun and it's, it's so, so well done. much fun. The episode mm-hmm. even that we just watched with um, Mayfeld yeah. where Bill, Bill Burr, Burr comes back. I love his, that. He, his first appearance yeah. last in the first season was just okay. Yeah. And then they bring him back and kind of build on his character and you just really start to like 
all the people involved in this in this show. It's I, just so crazy how I good it is. We asked and want to know where he picked up that um, Boston accent out in that galaxy far, far away. Yeah, whatever planet he's from must be the best one. <laughs> I agree. Anyway, I guess that's it for the Mandalorian since we, you don't even yeah. really remember. I think I it was just the Boba Fett yeah, in the, I really in the armor that you said uh, you wanted to talk about. It was funny. <laughs> it was great. I just... I really liked that one. That was good. It was, oh, I also thought it was hilarious that like Mando's so worried about little Grogu in that weird. On the stone. On the stone. And he, uh, he's like, I'm so, you know, like, I got to protect you. I got to protect you. We got to go. And I'm like, well, nobody can touch this kid right now. I mean, I know that ultimately is, but I was like, what, what is he worried about? Like, He can't even, anyway, whatever. I'm excited for the finale. I can't believe it's already almost over. It's disappointing, (laughs) but I guess, you know, there's still plenty to look forward to as we found out at Disney's investor day. Right. Segue. (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting um, that the, the Disney stuff came on the heels of uh, basically a week after HBO max announced that, or Warner brothers announced that all their 2021 slated movies would come out in theaters and on hbo max the same day mm-hmm. uh and how kind of there's two sides to it right like they have to do something different than the standard theater model that they've operated on for 100 years but the way that they did it seems so um to have engendered such a huge backlash because first of all they i guess they didn't even tell everybody that they were going to do it and there's all these royalties and stuff that people have worked into their contracts and it also affects other people in the industry just like grips and it's, it's just the the consequences seem to be um far-reaching and people are are none too happy about the way it happened and that they're doing it this way and um that it was a surprise and i mean we're kind of excited because we get to watch these movies right yeah i think people who are not in the movie industry right. are pretty excited <laughs> <laughs> right and then disney is is different right because they're kind of I don't know, enclosed or encapsulated within it's all their stuff. Right. And they have made it known that their online streaming content is going to be what their business is concentrated on Mm -hmm. um, because the writing's kind of on the wall for the The typical movie distribution Mm -hmm. model. But, um, you know, they announced, they announced so much stuff. We're not going to talk about it all. I wrote down some of the, uh, much content, some of the highlights that I was most excited about, um, whether it's Marvel or Star Wars. I mean, they announced all kinds of other things for um, FX, like Why the Last Man. They didn't announce it, but they gave updates for Why the Last Man. And they announced a an alien TV series that's going to be, uh, you know, run by Noah Hawley, who's done the Fargo series. And what else did he do? Oh, Legion. But um, Which we never finished. Ooh, that was a good show. It was a good show. And we never, we got like two, two episodes into the, Second, Second season. season, I know. Um, it's just one of those things. It's, you got to be in the mood to watch it, though. Yeah. Because uh, it is it is different, and it's... It's intense. It's it is intense. Thing. Yeah, if you're looking it's for so something good, light, it's so good. We just need to rewatch it. Yeah, we just need to go. We just um, need to go into it. There's but, so much content out there, though. You, we, yeah. There's just literally no time for yeah, all of so it. So they had uh, trailers for a lot of the series that are coming out. Um, a second one for WandaVision, which, com- so, which comes out in a month this i am so excited about i think i'm more excited about this than anything else that's coming out from disney this year um i yeah 
I wouldn't say that for me, but that's good that you're that excited. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because it's black and white. <laughs> Set in a different era. <laughs> I mean, I don't, the whole thing's not black and white, though. I know, I know, I know. I know it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it looks really good. I am uh, so excited. Loki. Which, oh, I'm really excited about this, too. Yeah, this was the first trailer that we saw for Loki, and we watched a little breakdown of the trailer that was fun. It looks also... It just it looks so it just looks fun. I don't know what else to say. Every, it looks yeah. fun and smart. It, we like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looks incredible. What's a word for fun that means like it's the maximum so fun and funness it's like, it's possible? Like movies. It's yeah. like the movies. It's not like a TV show where it's, you know, kind of diminished in scope. Right. All these this list of stuff that is is on my my page right here. We need to upgrade our movie home movie theater experience. Yeah. Uh, we've got a plan for it, but you know, yeah. that's going to take a while. It's ridiculous. It's, everything looks so good. Falcon Winter Soldier looks fun. So fun. And uh <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's what we need right now though. We need yeah. to all have fun and like I this is something that I think this is how we get our enjoyment. And so like, I can't, I mean, I don't have another word for it. Yeah. It's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I don't know if this is going to come through, but our dog Valkyrie is snoring so loud at the floor by our feet. It's actually a little distracting. Uh, what if the new uh, animated series looks super good? Uh, I love the animation style that they've chosen to, to do the show. Me in. too. And it's the what if stuff is just, is so interesting because they can just do whatever Ever they want. Not, yeah. It's, it's not, not, I mean, it's right in the title. It's like, yeah, what if this happened? But it didn't. So it's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I, yeah, I love the animation. It's super vibrant, um, yeah. and crisp. And there was like a zombie cap right there at the end in the trailer, so which crazy. looks so cool. It, I mean, it just looks real cool. I'm not usually super excited about like the animated shows, Unless it's Teen Titans Go. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's cute, but... Um, well, no, and we were watching Harley Quinn, too. But oh, yeah, anyway, that's so, good. So, like, the, the DC uh, cartoons have been really fun, but this looks awesome. Yeah. I don't know what their plans are for further movies. I know that they've pushed Black Widow and uh, one other one so far that they a, are going to release there, it. Is there a date for Black Widow yet, or are they... I think it's still May of okay. next year. Of I don't actually 2021. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's one other movie that they said they're dedicated to like putting it in theaters. But, you know, anything going forward, I just I don't know what their plan is. If it's all going to go to Disney Plus, I can't. Well, I was going to say I can't imagine that they're going to put everything directly on Disney Plus, um, especially, I guess, once the vaccine is distributed widely. And um, maybe we kind of move past this dark period of time. But it's just interesting how much more they're investing in like these TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I was listening to a conversation. I think John Hamm was on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about his new movie that just came out to streaming. Uh, you can rent it for like 20 bucks. It's um, that rom-com, I think. We saw a trailer for it and you were interested. But Yeah, because I love rom-coms. <laughs> but I don't remember what it was because yeah. my memory is so crisp. I, also, I don't remember what it's called. But And I had thought about this before too. I was wondering if this was the case. Like, you know how people complain about how it's either like this indie budget, you know, just got a wing and a prayer, hope that you make something that can be sort of successful or a $200 million movie. If it's going to kind of swing back the other way, 
with the year going experience, not really paying the dividends that it did. And, uh, are they going to reel back some of those huge budget? Yeah. Are we going to get some of those movies we've been missing for the last, what, eight, eight to 10 years, the, the mid budget movies, like, like rom-coms and, and like movies like, um, that one with the guy who's in the Eternals and he's in, uh, Camille. Yeah. Come come on. Uh, Come on. Yeah, Lovebirds. Okay, yeah. So, and like movies like Lovebirds that like oh, are... Oh, and also, what, what was Camille's other movie with Dave Batista? That one was good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Uber? Uber. Stuber. Stuber. Right. <laughs> so good. Um, like things like that, that w- we really enjoyed those movies and they just don't make a lot of movies like that anymore because there was no market for the mid-budget movie. And so maybe we will get more of that. Yeah. It's just going to be an and interesting so, thing yeah. to see. I mean, we're not super up on the industry, but Clearly. I mean, and I, I, I just don't understand how it all works and how, how they make money for in the movie theater versus Netflix, which you, you hear just kind of operates in all this debt, but they have 200 million subscribers worldwide or something like that. And the next closest is Disney plus with like 80 million and then HBO max, which has made this huge gambit with these all these movies that are $200 million movies like Dune and the matrix four and everything is just going to go to streaming. I mean, to the theater too, but obviously if something's on a streaming service, it's going to detract from the money that it makes at the box office. I, I just, I don't understand all that. Right. I don't, I don't but need I mean, to, as long as they keep making the stuff that we but like. HBO max is, is trying to do something to boost their viewership, right? Because they had an, fairly unsuccessful rollout yeah i don't know if that's because the people who have cable and, and already purchase hbo they get hbo max they don't there's no right. upcharge for that and or they didn't even know if they got it or not right which was one of the issues <laughs> but yeah it, it was a little clear because there was hbo now hbo go and now hbo max and so the people who already wanted it had it and there wasn't that much of a drive to get it i guess if you didn't already have access to it and now there is so maybe this will help their business model. I mean, yeah, that seems totally. to be obviously what their goal is. Like nobody's like, oh, let's just do this because it might be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know what would be cool? We'll we'll take a bath on all these movies and just put them right on the streaming <laughs> Right, series. but I mean, for the consumer, it stands to, to reason that they would be more willing to pay for that monthly subscription service if they have access to this high budget content, right? Yeah. The only other thing I had from the Disney Investor Day thing was uh, they announced so many Star Wars titles that it's kind of unreal. Again, movies and TV shows, uh, Ahsoka, you know, really building off of this Mandalorian universe. There's obviously Rosario Dawson will have her own storyline for the Ahsoka character, the Obi-Wan series that's been in the works for a while, but is finally in production or starting production in January. And... Uh, they announced that Hayden Christensen would be back. I don't as, understand how that's going to happen. So I read other places that he's going to be back as Darth Vader, which I still don't, you know, Darth Vader pretty much always <laughs> kind of in, enclosed in his uh, armor mm. uh, and, and suit, helmet, all that. Well, they maybe they did that because they needed a big reveal at the end of this old crusty white guy, right? So maybe they won't because you see a lot of um, Kylo Ren without his mask on, right? In the new stuff, so. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't need his suit to live. Vader does. Oh, <laughs> so I, I that's just, a good point. Yeah, yes. it'll be interesting to see how they how they work him in as as a character, I think. I, 
I mean, when we first heard it, I was like, I, maybe it'd be cool if they had, you know, Kenobi in the desert on Tatooine kind of going nuts, going a little insane. Yeah. And have, I don't want to say imaginary friend, but, <laughs> but you know, yeah, but an imaginary friend, Anakin. <laughs> who, That's a different show probably yeah. than what they're going for, oh, but man. we can write. That'd we be can, a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe that will be my next novel. <laughs> Your fanfic about a Kenobi with imaginary uh, also, Cassian Andor gets his own show, this Andor, which actually looks pretty good. They had a little sizzle reel. Um, Acolyte, which is the Knights of the Old Republic stuff, and Rogue Squadron is the next Star Wars movie, which doesn't come out till 2023, but that's going to be Patty Jenkins, though, of Wonder Woman and other things, I'm sure. <laughs> but she's mostly just, you know, yeah. ensconced in that DC world. But uh, And then Taika Waititi's movie comes out two years after that, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's just all very exciting. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for all of it right now. <laughs> well, you have to wait. So. You're so mean to me. <laughs> yes, it's um, my fault. My petition to the studios. Did you have anything else? No. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up then. Well, Unless. We did get cute little Christmas sweaters for the puppies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it's Christmassy. Valkyrie loves them so much. It's so cute. And Villanelle depresses her to wear it. Yeah, she did not care for it. <laughs> Valkyrie thinks it's the best thing ever. So, uh, yes. Christmas sweaters <laughs> and puppies is how we'll end this week. So, <laughs> it was fun. It was smart. We liked it.